Hello, welcome to the Artist Pivot Podcast. My name is Ayana Major Bay, and I am an actress, voiceover artist, mentor, and your host. This show is a bi-weekly conversation highlighting pivots and life lessons from the perspective of artists, those who work in and around the arts, and arts educators. For those listening who don't consider themselves artists, you can pivot too. Everyone possesses the ability to do so. You just have to be reminded sometimes. All of our life lessons have taught us to be better pivoters, and it is my goal to share these life lessons to guide and inspire others. Here is this week's episode. All right, y'all. So on the podcast today, I am so excited to say that joining me is Kimberly Dodson, and she is a Baltimore native and a lover of knitting, contemporary art museums, video games, reading really good books, taking walks in new neighborhoods, true crime podcasts, beautiful hikes, flowers, Indiana Jones movies, and let's be very specific, only the original three, long talks with her friends who are all like family, and other cat-like, grandma-like activities like looking out of the window and taking naps. She also happens to make money primarily as a theater worker. She has been a working performer for over eight years and has been employed by companies that are responsible for things you would never see and some things you may have. Her last long-term employment was with the company Train Times LP, or probably more easily identified as Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway. Y'all, Kimberly is here. Welcome, Kimberly. Hello, hello. I'm so I'm so extra. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so here for it though. <laughs> that intro was everything. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, I'm a human being first, everyone, and so are you. <laughs> that. Well, we're going to talk about that today as well, because as performers, we're not taught to be human beings first, but we Absolutely. all are human beings no. first um, yes. before we are anything else. Mm-hmm. So exactly. thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, so am I. So am I. So I'm going to start with this question that I love to ask. Uh-huh. I'm ready. So if I asked you to text me right now and I say, Kimberly, how are you doing? You text me back, but you can only respond in emojis only. Uh-huh. What would you text me? Um, it would be the girl with the flip hand emoji. Yes. Just <laughs> first indicating girl. <laughs> so it'd be mm, flip hand emoji. And then um, the swirly... <laughs> <laughs> the little the emoji that has like spiral eyes, mm-hmm. yes, and the little whoa, 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 that kind of face, because that feels appropriate for the last two years. Fair, that's and that's fair. how it it just it just has been. Like I'm feeling good, but it's also like what is going on? <laughs> exactly, that's exactly it. I'm feeling great. I don't know what's happening, but I'm feeling wonderful. I'm feeling fine. My fiance says, I hear him on the phone a lot. And he's like, you know, I'm doing fine, all things considered. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot to consider. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yes. Yes, I like it too. And so that is that is where we're at. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Right. There is a lot to consider. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that imaginary text. Thank you. Thank you for texting me. I enjoy it when people reach out. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I appreciate a good text, a good reach out text. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. So, Kim, thank you. So, Kimberly, excuse me. Thank you so much for joining me today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're here to talk about your pivots and your life lessons and mm-hmm. things that you're still learning. Mm-hmm. Being a human, being a human who happens to work in the arts mm-hmm. and to you know, let people know that they're not alone. Like, oh, yeah, y'all, I had to make this pivot. Oh, don't worry. I learned that lesson as well in this way. Yeah. And so take us back to, I guess, the beginning of your career, like how your career started and then mm-hmm. how you got to where you are right now. <laughs> I know it's a yeah. long story, but give you could give it to me. No, I'll... especially because the last two years are about 70, 70 <laughs> yes. years. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, my career started right out of college, mm-hmm. right after college. And I went to school for um, theater and dance with a concentration in acting and performance studies mm-hmm. and a double minor in dance and sociology. Okay. And I say that only because I was a burnt out freshman. I oh was boy. always doing the most mm-hmm. pretty much ever since I started doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, at 10, I was like dancing pretty much every day, pre-professionally. Um, got a job at 15. There's never been a time that I wasn't absolutely doing the most. Okay. Um, so right out of college, I moved New York and I had already had an agent. I got it through the showcase that a lot of schools do. Um, I was lucky because everybody in my showcase was white and I was a little brown girl Mm -hmm. and I also was interesting and had talent. So (laughs) Uh (laughs) the agents were like, Ooh, (laughs) yes. So I got an agent right out of that. Um, a big commercial agent that I really didn't need, honestly, Mm. Um, which is a whole other story that we all fall into, I'm sure. But I booked like very quickly um, when I got to New York. My first gig was Regional Theater, McCarter Theater, uh, doing their Christmas Carol. And that's how I got my EMC card. Mm -hmm. And then I did a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. I got that cruise ship gig. And that honestly almost took me out of the entire game. Yeah. Um, It was the first time that I really experienced like consistent microaggressions Mm -hmm. um, and just lots of racism, lots of sexism. And I think it was the first time I was a part of a job um, that it was very clear some sort of larger entity really needed to be um, looking, having a close eye on this workspace. Yes. Um, it was my very first time because McCarter is a union theater, even mm-hmm. though I wasn't union, um, they were, tr- you know, treating us very well. It was also a very welcoming, warm environment. Yeah. This space and the cruise ship, I was like, why aren't we getting schedules? Why don't we know what time we're going to eat? Why don't we know what time we're going to leave? Why aren't we getting emails about this? I was the little brown Mm 23-year-old who was like asking a lot of questions Mm -hmm. that they did not appreciate. Um, So if anyone has ever worked on a cruise ship, you get um, these like evaluations where you have to sit down and talk to people for no 
freaking reason. <laughs> uh-huh. And all of mine were, Kim, you're amazing at your job. The, all the guests love you. We have literally had to think differently about how we reteach these shows because of you, because it was like soul and 80s and, you know, stuff that had flavor. And right. those Australians, like, I love them, but they weren't really about teaching our flavor. Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they were like, wow, like, I'm, my mind is blown at you being like in the pocket of this movement. But, and that was always a but, but just the way you ask questions, Mm -hmm. if you could smile more when you ask Mm -hmm. questions, just seems like you are negative, all of these things, which is a long, much longer story. So I, you know, there's in this cruise ship gig, there was an opportunity to say, which ship do you want to go to next? And I gave them a blank piece of paper and I said, you all I will never see you all again. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, which was probably wild for them because I was 23 and was like, no, I don't, I don't care. I want to do what I want to do and yes. I'm going to do it. And yes. it's never coming back here. But cruise ships are not easy. Like no, they're, I've they done two. They're not oh, easy on your blessed. physical, mental, spiritual health. So, like, yeah. I get why you gave that blank piece of paper. Because after my first ship, I swore I wasn't doing another one. But mm-hmm. I ended up doing a second one, like, three years later. Which not um, after that, company? I Which did company? My, first was Norwegian. Second mm-hmm. was Royal Caribbean. See, I went right into that Dusty Busty Carnival Cruise Lines. Oh, and okay. so <laughs> Oh, see, okay. Well, I'm going to say it. This is my podcast, so I'm going to say it. Carnival, I'm sorry. Mm-mm. That's the Walmart of cruise line. And I said it. Dusty. I said it. <laughs> every single person who yes. was a worker in the God cruise bless. line. God bless. Community. Bless every yes. single person. Yes. I had a really hard time being on that ship, not only because of being a performer, but also because of seeing the conditions that the mm-hmm. other workers uh-huh. were living in. Yes. I was the person that was interviewing everybody around the ship, being like, who are you? What's your name? Where, do you, where are you from? Yes. Oh, you're from the Philippines? Like, for some reason, everybody else here. Um, mm-hmm. How many times do you get a day off? off. You yeah. don't? Okay. Um, right. I don't know how to work in this environment anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it was very difficult for me to see um, to see the conditions that people yeah. were yes. working in. Yes. Um, and my not at all hot take is I don't think that cruise ships should exist at all. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, leave this in because I've never said it out loud. Mm-hmm. But I know that a lot of people really enjoy working on them and have a, feel like they have a really great, um, life living and mm-hmm. working on cruise ships mm-hmm. um but like the environmental toll honestly um and the toll on people's mental health yes. of the workers is something that i'm like i think we should really consider mm-hmm. no longer it and change. yeah and especially after the pandemic i'm like it is also it's been a petri dish for <laughs> long before i have i got sick on both of my contracts Cruise ships were petri dishes long before <laughs> the pandemic. So. Long, long before. Long before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, after I did that, I actually stayed at home for a couple months. I had to recover okay. mentally yeah. in, in my mom's house. Yeah. Um, 
I also, um, my boyfriend at the time cheated on me. Mm. Like, so it was just, I got to refocus what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I moved straight back to New York Okay. and I mentioned all me being burned out because I think at that point I decided to have like three or four jobs at a time mm-hmm. while auditioning. Um, and so I did a lot of, they weren't really called workshop readings, mm-hmm. uh, labs, um, those things that don't really give you any credit for doing, yeah. <laughs> yes. for doing any of the work. Yeah. And then I booked um, a Bronx tale at okay. paper mill. And that okay. was the thing that sort of, you know, jumped me on the train towards Broadway because okay. I was the same, um, same choreographer as mm-hmm. Donna Summer, which was, um, ended up being my Broadway debut. Um, yeah. So then I made my debut and, what was that? 2018. Okay. Um, and then moved to Harry Potter mm-hmm. and then that's a whole other story. But then I ended my contract with Harry Potter. I was yeah. like, I, I will not be returning, but four days before the end of my contract, a little thing called COVID uh-huh. um, came in and closed, shut Broadway down. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of the before times. Yeah. Um, there's a longer story of the after times, <laughs> you know, yes. um, where I think begins like my first thought about a pivot. Okay. Um, at the end of 2019, really sort of in the middle of Donna Summer and Harry Potter, mm-hmm. I started to get these um, sort of signs <laughs> of people being like, you know, Kim, you should probably think about writing or directing. Okay. And um, so I started to reach out to some directors that I had worked with. I sat in some rehearsal processes and basically made the decision that after Harry Potter, I would really try to dig deep into figuring out what starting directing meant. Mm -hmm. And also if I was going to continue theater to like, kind of focus my theater energy on the outskirts away from the neighborhood that is Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the pandemic happened and I ended up moving to Baltimore with okay. my partner and, and now, now we live in Baltimore <laughs> <laughs> and we're not moving back to New York. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's where I, that's where I am now. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happened in between, but I'm going to let you ask questions so I don't keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is long. (laughs) It's it's been a long eight to nine years in the industry. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Understood. Understood. (laughs) So now my question to you would be, if the pandemic didn't happen, do you think you would have moved back to Baltimore? No, never. Okay. Never, never, never. Which I think is like just amazing Mm -hmm. and beautiful. I think like the pandemic brought a lot of suffering and sadness. And also I think the pandemic brought a a lot of clarity. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized how, how tired I actually was. Mm. Um, I would have, I rarely ever went home. Um, And that's just the life of, of the performer, particularly on Broadway. 
um, you know, sorry, I can't go to that family event because I have to work or, um, or I might, I might have an audition, which is, you know, I can't tell you how many times I stayed home because callbacks are going to be around this time, you know? So, um, so yeah, it was never a thought in my mind. My partner and I had thought about moving upstate doing the, what I called, um, adult actor, (laughs) (laughs) the adult actor thing of basically knowing, really knowing what time your train is. Yeah. All the people with babies were like, yeah, I can stay, but I've got a 9 15 PM train (laughs) upstate. Um, so we thought about that, but we felt just so comfortable here. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a much slower, smaller city and we can actually afford a home Mm -hmm. to buy. Um, so yeah, I would have, it was literally never even a twinkle in my eye. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm really grateful for it. Yes. Really grateful for it to be closer. My, my entire family is here. So, okay, great. Yeah. So So it's nice. (laughs) Right. And you're close to your family and you can decide I'm, yeah, I'm going to see my family today and like not be restricted to that eight show a week schedule. Yeah. That when you're removed from it, you realize how restrictive it is. Yeah. Like, oh. It's very difficult (sighs) to explain to people because you know, you, you kind of explain it to other people and then they, they think about it mm-hmm. and they go, well, really, you're only really working seven to whenever the show is over. And it's like, no, 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 I can't, I can't explain to you how much energy goes into preparing to go to the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> um, and if you're not already you know, having an audition uh-huh. or a rehearsal mm-hmm. because of my life of being an ensemble member under study swing, mm-hmm. you are constantly in rehearsal. Yes. Um, and then there's like that one day where you get to go to the doctor. Uh-huh. And then that one day that you get to go to the doctor, your agent is like, will you please go in for this thing that you really don't want to do? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, there's that. There's that. But now, and I'll say this, I guess, for myself personally. Now I go, mm, I don't want to do that. Oh, I'm saying no to every single thing. I go, no, thank you. I'm good. No, Give me the, thank Call you. me the next one. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm maybe, good. but no. Right. <laughs> right, maybe, but really no. But mm-hmm. really no. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really, I mean, yeah, my, my body mm-hmm. usually tells me before my my mind gets it out. I read the thing and it's like, oh no. Why would I want to do that? For how much? Eight hundred dollars? No, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You're like you said your body reacts before you even have the word. Oh no. I'm good. Okay. Thank you so much for emailing me. I'll see you on the yeah, next one. Thank you so much for reaching out. Mm-hmm. I feel like I definitely did get get better at that in okay. you know the last two years before um the pandemic, mm-hmm. it was really difficult, especially when I first got to New York, obviously, where you just have to go to everything yes. to try and feel seen. Um, but 
Yeah, I've said I've said no to Broadway auditions a lot, even before the pandemic, because mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to do that show. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. it's <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> I I I just like I think this idea of Broadway as the pinnacle and mm-hmm. Broadway as the end all be all. I know why it is it's because that's where the money's at. Right. That's where the right. security to me, a false sense of security, but the, the, the best security that you can get in this industry right now. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, it is there. Um, but I deeply apologize. I don't want to do ensemble member number four, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely been a, a big transition to try and convince myself to try and convince other people that uh-huh. it is okay that I am no longer excited yeah. about, about theater in the same way. Yes. Um, yes. And that's fair. You're allowed to change. You're allowed to grow and pivot. And this new iteration of Kimberly is like, yeah, this is my new direction now. Yeah. And so I did want to ask you about, um, I know in the beginning of the pandemic, you had formed this like, I guess like I guess a coalition, if you will, mm-hmm, of Black mm-hmm. women yes. from all different aspects of the theater industry, mm-hmm. and you started a campaign. So I want to talk yes. about that for a second. Yes. Oh, wow. I mean, this is. I feel like what actually started this thing was mm-hmm. my um, time at Harry Potter. Okay. Um, of course I didn't know that it would grow into this of course, but I, um, ended up reporting a crew member while Mm -hmm. I was at Harry Potter because he was saying quite inappropriate, um, racist things in Mm -hmm. the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, His main one was, I like my coffee. Like I like my women dark and bitter. And, um, and he would then go on to talk about how his wife was dark skin. It was like a whole thing. Okay. Okay. Um, and this was 2019 and I reported him to, um, company management Mm -hmm. and stage management. And I had a meeting with them and one of my asks was anti-racist training Mm -hmm. and, he was not the only reason um, Harry Potter is a pretty like international cast in many, mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. And it was very clear, you know, with this black Hermione character that they've decided to do mm-hmm. that um, there needed to be an understanding <laughs> right. of why this was um a pivotal choice that they made also Mm -hmm. a risky choice, but Mm -hmm. also that that meant that there would forever be black bodies and black female bodies um, and black femme bodies in the space. Right. Um, And that everyone needed to make sure that those people were safe and um, felt like they could be safe in the workplace. And that was not the case. That was Mm -hmm. not happening. Um. So I kind of won that, you know, I kind I, I got a little bit of anti-racist training added onto a sexual anti-sexual harassment training that we had very late in our um, process. Okay. And um, so then the pandemic happens and 
you know, we were all there. We all saw it. All of these awful stories being told by black performers, some that's still like, I can't get out of my head. Mm -hmm. Um, But also to me, this moment where for the first time, I didn't feel alone in my understanding of what it meant to be black in this space. Mm -hmm. Um, I had spent the last two years really just feeling deeply uncomfortable within the black, within the Broadway community. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was just something, something off. And what that offness was, 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 you know, in many ways, capitalism trying to push like um, this sort of like passion fantasy, like we are doing our dream job um, Mm -hmm. into this whole of, we are doing commercial theater. Yeah. Um, And also this feeling of just like, why don't I feel safe? Why am I looking every day at what we're making on Broadway, just like deeply invested in this, in Playbill about what this thing is making. And then how many, how many weeks I have to, to get my health insurance. And it's weird that I actually don't know how much anybody around me is making. Mm -hmm. It's weird that I don't know that, but I also know that somebody down the street is making 10,000 a week as a lead. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm doing more than that person. That person is singing about, you know, three songs and I'm yeah. over here mo- moving a bunch of furniture. So, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, and really one of the first things that I said when I got to Broadway was what if the Lion King went on strike? And that people always thought that, Oh, Kim's a little radical, you know, right. but I'm uh-huh. like, do you guys know what that would mean? Like what, what would happen? Right. If the Lion King went on strike. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, that was me thinking of myself as a worker, yeah. right? That was me thinking of myself as a person who had agency that, mm-hmm. uh, that around me, there were a lot of people who had agency, who had power yeah. that was not yet being honed and used. Mm-hmm. So when this, you know, the black squares went up and these stories of really feeling unsafe in the workplace came up, mm-hmm. I just started writing things down and um, I called people who referred me to other people. And it hilariously, like when I called the, when I called a man, he would refer me to a, <laughs> refer me to a woman uh-huh. and it just accidentally ended up that everyone who said yes was black women. Huh. And of course, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and then it ended up that, you know, I sort of had the thought the, the, where we will have the most power mm-hmm. is if we recognize each other in these different facets of this industry. Okay. If a stage manager and an actor care about what happens to one another, mm-hmm. then I, neither of these people have to do it alone. Right. Yeah. If we as actors care that the crew is here four hour, five hours longer than mm-hmm. we are, like that, then we get to be a voice for them in a way that they might be the voiceless because they are not in the limelight all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I hooked up with these amazing women and we have these great conversations of trying to like really ungaslight ourselves sometimes mm-hmm into believing that 
we do have power. We do have agency. We do have, we do deserve to feel safe in our workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, that asking for something as simple as mental health resources on the call board is not something that anybody should think twice about. Mm-hmm. Um, that asking for proper anti-racist training is not something that anybody should think twice about. And yeah, we sent letters to um, some powerful Broadway institutions and we signed our names on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um and we said, these are the things that we think are the most important to reopening. Um, and it was based on what so many other people were talking about. You know, yeah. I think that was a great thing that happened. There were so many organizations that popped up. Some were based on representation. Some were based on, you know, really labor, labor rights in our, in our industry. Um, mm-hmm. And this was the first time that I'd ever heard ourselves call ourselves workers and theater workers. Yeah. Um, which is why my bio is like that. You know, I think we, <laughs> one of the big pieces that I think we continue to grapple with all of us is sort of stripping this idea of us not being workers yes. and yes, stripping yes, yes. this idea of like, well, I'm on Broadway and letting everyone's minds like run in the fantasy of um, how magical that is Mm -hmm. and how unlikely it is. And wow, what a choice you've made in your life. No babes. I went to school for this. I studied Uh and Uh now I'm doing the work. Now I am working. Um, And so I think something like saying that I, was employed by Train Times LP, which is the company, right, that Harry Potter and the Cursed Child um, is under, yeah. reminds people that, oh, you were employed. There you go. There right? you, you go. Were emplo- you were a worker. Mm-hmm. You're not like living your dreams. You get a paycheck <laughs> yeah. and you go to work. Yes. Not high school musical, you go to work. <laughs> And so are, there are things that workers deserve mm-hmm. that we do not get on Broadway because for many reasons, long list of reasons, but yeah, one of them is that we believe that we're so lucky. Yeah. 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 So, I understand that. Yeah. That was, that was most of my 2020, 2021 was this okay. sort of coalition yeah. um, and this campaign And then we did the thing where we had to go back to work, which I still, I mean, it was just a year ago, but just that strange moment where everyone had to go back to work Uh and we were all like, oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Wait, do I? Oh. How do do I I do this? That, that part. How do I do this? How do I do this? I definitely went through that because I did a production here in Philly at the Walnut Street Theater. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I know how to do this. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I don't. I felt lucky that my first thing was an assistant directing gig. Okay. And so I kind of got to watch Mm. actors try and figure out how to come back. Yeah. And, um, yeah, very straight. I mean, what, what I saw, I was lucky to do it here at Baltimore center stage. Mm -hmm. So what I saw was a lot of care, you know, you had to, you had to really care for one another in a way that felt very different, um, from the before times. Yes. Yes. 
but that care is still, I mean, with us, with our coalition of everybody black, I, we just had to take the time to take care of ourselves. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. that, that transition back is hard when you're trying to also convince people essentially that they deserve things. (laughs) Uh Uh, Like that's essentially what the campaign was like. Yeah. Don't you think you want a day off? Uh-huh. And and Broadway's like, eh. <laughs> eh <laughs> you know, like, not really. But... Actors are like, eh. And <laughs> crew is like, yes. And you know, like so mm-hmm. it's a continued, continued conversation and challenge. But I've been watching from yes. my from my beautiful window here in Baltimore. <laughs> yes. Looking in on the Broadway world and seeing seeing how they are Mm -hmm. and just hoping that everyone feels safe. That's all that I care about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That part, right. That everyone now we can be in a workplace where we feel safe again, workplace. Yeah. (laughs) That we feel safe. Workplace. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, I know that's not, you know, it's still a work in progress. It's, I think I saw a lot of people really dip out very quickly because they really anticipated something to happen a lot faster. Mm, okay. Um, and I, I think I said to the women, like every other week, j- just a reminder, this is going to take a really long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I had, mm-hmm. I had no anticipation of anything occurring. Mm-hmm. But I think the funny thing is how quickly they try to um, sort of soothe us with representation, Um, Mm. which I always think is a powerful thing. That's the reason why I'm here. Yeah. If I didn't see Heather Headley in Lion King and Aida, Mm -hmm. then I didn't, I wouldn't have thought that I could do this. Yeah. And also I, (laughs) I said this to my partner, I'm like, I think representation is starting to feel like, like the Bengay to capitalism. That it it feels good. Uh There's something about it that's like, "Mm," but it stinks. Mm. There's also just like, "Mm -mm, mm." right. That's not. I mean, oh yes, but uh -uh, that's Uh not what I. That's not what I asked for. That's not what I asked for. Mm. And so now all these black people and these brown people have to suffer in the same way that I did because you brought more of them in, Uh but you didn't change, you know, any of the working conditions that we talked about. You're not Mm -hmm. changing any of the pay practices that we're talking about. You Mm -hmm. didn't change the, the show must go on mentality that we've been talking about that needs to pass away and die. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm really happy to see all those black people and I just really hope they feel safe. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That is fair. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And so now I would like to ask you, and this could be, you know, an answer pertaining to any part of your life, whether it's you're, I'm a human, (laughs) I'm a theater worker. I'm a, I'm a daughter, I'm a whatever, <laughs> that it's, you know, a lesson in your life that you're like, yeah, that was a good lesson I had to learn, or I'm still learning, 
Or, you know, yeah, that's my question. That is my question. The lesson that I, mm, mm -hmm. so many. (laughs) Goodness. I mean, it is really funny that you just never really become an adult <laughs> in the way that you thought that you were supposed to. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I'm 31. Aren't I supposed to know something by now? Um, you do. I, I know something. <laughs> surely. Surely. There's a lot that I don't know though. Mm-hmm. I think um, I don't have to do so much. I don't have to do Ooh. the most anymore. Yeah. I, that's the thing that I'm like actively working on right okay. now. Okay. And also being okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like I said, as somebody who has been doing some sort of thing that she called work Uh um, since I was 10 or 15, to have the pandemic literally say, sit your ass down. Can I curse? I already did. Okay. (laughs) I already did it. (laughs) It's already happened. (laughs) Sit your little butt down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have never, ever been the person to be sitting down somewhere and doing nothing. Yeah. Um, And I feel like, I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely a black woman thing. Mm-hmm. I have always felt like I needed to be doing something uh-huh. yes. to matter, <laughs> yes. to be, um, to be seen as valuable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and definitely had to be working, yeah. making money or else I was, um, at risk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of um not being able to take care of myself even if that was true or not you know yeah um so it's been really difficult for me i mean the first year of the pandemic every day my partner had to be like what do you think you're supposed to be doing there's nothing to do <laughs> right there's nothing right. to do nobody is doing anything huh. and i'm convinced that yeah. people are doing something <laughs> Uh-huh. And I'm not doing it. And so I got to do something. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I built a whole <laughs> coalition and started a campaign and try, you know, try to change something. Yeah. Um, and even now, like, I mean, you know, in New York and you had to, because there is no such thing as not working in New York unless you are independently wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of jobs that I had, um, my like laser focus on, um, you know, at the time getting to Broadway and then Mm -hmm. the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing, Mm -hmm. um, that I feel like once that was gone, of course, I'm sure many of us had that. Well, who am I? Yes. If I'm not doing theater or Broadway, what, how do, how do I know and how do other people know 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not even know like who I am, but that I'm great, that I'm fabulous, that mm-hmm. I am interesting, that I am a hard worker, mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, I'm a Scorpio. So better than all the people who hurt me, you know, like like, how do people know if I'm not highly achieving? Mm -hmm. Um, And whoa, that when I recognized during this break that I actually like just being a living thing on this planet. Come on. (laughs) Enjoys the things that I enjoy and finds beauty in nature and, Mm you know, that I'm not a machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be a machine anymore. Um, that, yeah, I, it was just, a, it's a hard, amazing feeling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because even as, as many times that I say, you know, F capitalism, I still shame myself for, for not making money, you know? Mm, okay. Um, so it's a constant process, but I think yeah. that's what I'm, I'm learning and I'm trying to tell myself as a friend of like, baby girl, you've done enough. You've done a lot. You're uh-huh. even doing a lot right now. Mm-hmm. You're doing mm-hmm. a lot right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, just not in the like traditional capitalist way of mm-hmm. produce a thing, make money. Yeah. Right now yeah, I'm yeah, taking yeah. care of myself. I'm trying to be a student of acting again. <laughs> you know, oh, yes. I'm trying to add new things to to my resume and try to think about longevity in this absolutely bonkers industry. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Slowing down. Do you follow the nap ministry? I don't. Oh my gosh. Everyone should follow, particularly Black Women and Black Femmes, okay. the NAP Ministry on Instagram. The NAP Ministry. Okay. Okay. Yes. They are very much like, like anti-capitalist, pro-NAPs. You will rest because it is revolutionary. You yes. will lie down somewhere. You will take, take care of yourself. Yes. yes. And, that, and that is one of the things that they don't want you to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we have assigned so much value in our labor, mm-hmm. um, particularly Black women. So mm-hmm. it's actually a part of our work yeah. of liberation to lie down and dream somewhere. I love and it. I love it, yeah. It's a very, it. you know, in the before times, that would not be the case for uh-huh. me. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's really helping me. It's really helping me in this pandemic life of like yes. taking care of of you as a human being. Yeah, um, is really really important. It so. is. It really is. And I love a good nap too. So like, <sighs> I'm always here to promote so naps. Good naps are, are so good. They are. <laughs> they really are, and they're good for you. Like you said, resting. Like. You can't be productive if you are tired and you're burned out. And like, yes, there's a quote I have on my mirror that I love now. Of course, post pandemic Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. post, we're still in a pandemic, but post shutdown, post (laughs) shutdown part, (laughs) whatever this is, whatever this is. um, Mm -hmm. There's a quote that I have that says, "Taking care of yourself is productive." 
Mm, yes. And like remembering yes. that mm-hmm. taking care of yourself is productive. Yes. Like, yes. Period. There's n- period. That's it. that's it. That's the end of the sentence. That's the end of the sentence. Oh, you didn't do anything today? Really? I bet you did. Uh, I bet uh, you drank water. Uh-huh. I bet you took a nap. Uh-huh. I bet you read a book. Yep. I bet you thought about your plans and goals for the future. I bet you... You might have even made a list. You know, yeah, you <laughs> may have even made a list. And that's all mm-hmm. you did. Great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's all you need to do to be worthy. Yes. That's it. You you exist. And so you are worthy. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's it. That's it. So my last question to you would be, mm-hmm. what is your little nugget of wisdom? So like if you were talking to somebody... And you had to get up, you know, you were on a subway and you're like, oh, I wanted to tell you that before the subway doors closed. Just a little nugget of wisdom. <laughs> you know, you got quick. You'd be like, oh, I forgot to tell you this. <laughs> well, I forgot to tell you this. Um, I mean, ugh. what I want somebody to tell me is to delete Instagram. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> that, that's what I want. <laughs> something, something around like, because I do think it's really important to feel like hear other people's stories and hear that you're not alone. Yeah. But also know that like, that's that person's experience. Fair. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I think sometimes I, for me, I seek um, some kind of clue Mm -hmm. in other people's stories. Yeah. And I think something that I, learned in the past couple of years is that like that's valuable information and also it's I'm gonna learn my own thing (laughs) Mm, yeah 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 but it's you know I'm going to this is my this is my story Mm -hmm. um and also to not seek out idols that's like one thing that I think is really hard for me okay but I keep I think I keep meeting people and I, and I want them to be some, some magical figured out being Mm. and they're humans. I think that's what I mean that I'm like actively seeking out some sort of answer. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And other people, and then I got the answer. (laughs) I I can't believe I'm trying to figure it out like you are. Right, (laughs) Girl, what? Right. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think also like trusting oneself enough to know that you will get wherever you need to be yeah. in your own time, in yeah. your own time, in your own way. Yes. That's probably yes. the biggest lesson. Okay. And then it all comes. It'll all come. And then it all comes. <laughs> so. Great. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank I you. feel like it's so funny because you you asked me and I was like, um, I don't know successful pivot stories. <laughs> okay, well then that's what I think. You right, know, it's right. like about people who have successfully started a jewelry company or like, you know, or who are now like purely TikTokers. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I am in the middle of that pivot step, walk, 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 right. You know, yes. like <laughs> yes. I am, you know, turning mm-hmm. towards other things slowly. So yes. Yes. it's it was a good reminder 
Mm-hmm. Maybe like, oh, there's actually been a lot of things that have changed. A yes. lot of pivots that have happened. <laughs> yes, yes, there has been. And thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. And so before I let you go, two things. Mm-hmm. One, if you do keep your Instagram, <laughs> tell people where they can find you. <laughs> um, my Instagram is not interesting. I'm so, I, you know, I'm not like a IG girl or anything, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's, fun, fun pictures of what's going on. Um, but it's at kdots.com, Kimberly Dotson, K-D-O-T-S, um, C-O-M. So that's me. Okay. You can see me try to, try to do this slow pivot into, not slow, I guess I would just put something, but this pivot into TV film, this Mm -hmm. pivot into whatever I'm trying to do to keep the theater industry in my life. And, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I, I talk shit. So <laughs> there you go. There you what go. Are, what are Instagram for <laughs> right. <laughs> so don't worry, y'all. I'll put that in the show notes so you can get in contact with Kimberly if you would like. And then uh, I must say to you that I acknowledge you, mm. I celebrate you, and I uplift you. Yes, I feel all those things. Thank you, thank you. You're you can't so see me, but welcome. I'm dancing. She is dancing, and it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, thank you for having me. Please feel free to visit this episode's show notes for links to get in touch with my guest, as well as a link to rate and review my podcast on Podchaser. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is scroll down to the rate and review section. You can find and connect with me on Instagram at The Artist Pivot to see audiograms, fun facts, and posts featuring my guests. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already to get notified when a new episode is out. And please share this episode with at least one friend. Ever heard the phrase found time? Well, Audible helps you find the time to get more stories and information while commuting, cooking, gardening, exercising, etc. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Every month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests, as well as guided meditation programs. They have podcasts, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. Fun fact, if you listened to every title on Audible, you'd be listening for more than three centuries. So click the link in the show notes or visit audibletrial.com slash theartistpivot to start your 30-day free trial of Audible and listen to that book you haven't read yet or laugh at a comedy special while doing the dishes. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash theartistpivot. Using the link lets Audible know that we sent you and a great way to support the show. You can also support the show by buying me a coffee. Well, not literally, but figuratively. Click the support the show link in our show notes and it will take you to a site called Buy Me a Coffee, where you can support the show with your donations. If you do ever want to buy me a coffee in real life, my favorite coffee is the Italian brand Lavazza. No, they did not pay me to say that. This episode was edited by Kieran Niemant and produced by me, Ayana Major Bay. Thank you for tuning in and I'll speak to you soon. Music